0: Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Owen, it is good to be back this morning. It is indeed. We're talking something that's in your wheelhouse, automation. Yes. Automating your finances. Um, I think we've spoken quite a fair bit about this. We've talked about micro investing and the benefits of little bits lots of times. And we've talked about a whole heap of different things. But when it comes to investing, it sure seems like automation is one of the secrets to long-term wealth creation.
1: Absolutely. And I think it can feel like there's so much to do every month in terms of staying on top of your finances that I think automation, when it comes to things that are going to be positive for your financial future and actually move you forward, is a really simple solution that can make things a lot easier. I mean, you have time for the good stuff, yeah. like planning trips overseas that we can do now yeah. uh, rather than focusing on, oh, I have to transfer money into this bank account this month, or oh, I've got to manually look through what I've spent this month and am I on track with my budget?
0: Where would you go if you were to go overseas, just as a digression? London. London? I've
1: already thought about it. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. about
0: you? I don't know. I feel like London's growing on me just mm-hmm. because that's the home of Chelsea, who's my soccer team. So that makes sense.
1: I feel like if I wasn't Australian, I'd be English.
0: So, you know, there's an inside joke here, dear listener and viewer. Uh, we asked Kate what her favorite cuisine was the other day. She said, roast vegetables and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> roasts like English food. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, anyway, well, I, at least I was specific. You were very specific. Like people in the team said, Asian food, which is like everything. Anyway, we digress. Automation is about that, right? Like you can just set it maybe not completely forget it, but you can set it in motion. And I think we've seen this recently, and I don't want to time this conversation too too much, but in 2022, the stock markets got really volatile. Um, Even if you pay attention to it, like the bond market, currencies, crypto, all those different things have got volatile. And it's times like now, where automation is your best friend.
1: Yeah, because if you have to make those individual decisions each month of, am I going to invest Mm. this month? Am I going to save this month? Am I going to review my budget this month? When everything's going crazy in life around you and the media headlines are really scary, it can make it really difficult to make that decision every single month. And it puts a lot of extra pressure and weight on you trying to make that decision. Whereas if you take some of that off your plate, even if the media headlines are going crazy and shouting doom and gloom, the decision to invest this month has already been made for you, by past you. Mm. And we can
0: automate more than just investing. We can automate things like debt repayments. We can automate banking, like so budgeting, we, and a whole host of different things. Yeah,
1: even learning. I yep. mean, I really like the concept that James Clear introduces in his books, Atomic Habit, of habit stacking. And so, if there's something that you do every day, like every morning you have a cup of tea can you link another habit that you really want to incorporate into your life to that cup of tea? So, every time you have a cup of tea, cool. you do 10 squats. Whatever the habit is you want to introduce into your life, you link it to something that you already do on a weekly, or daily basis. Um, before we
0: get into the, I guess, the individual ways that you can automate, I think it's also important to talk about um, the way technology goes wrong and automation can go wrong, Kate. So there are ways that technology makes things easier in a bad way, right?
1: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can automate things in our lives that actually take away from our financial future. Think of those Netflix subscriptions, having Apple Pay set up so easily on your phone that you don't even have to think before you make a spending decision that's potentially not very intentional. Hmm. Um, Even having um, if you're not thinking about your credit card and just the minimum repayments going each month when you might be in a position to pay off more and reduce that balance. So there's a lot of things that we might have said and forget in the background that actually taking away from our financial future. So they're things that I would reduce the automation on and actually think of Is there a better way to do this? Um, Even like bills each year, there's a lot of times when you can negotiate your home loan or you can find a better rate on your energy or electricity bills. Um, But if that's just completely automated and you don't think about it, then you might be missing out on some savings.
0: Yeah. So basically what we want to do is we want to put friction in front of the things that are not good for us. Yeah. And we want to make it easier for the things that are good for us. And Mm -hmm. how do we know the difference? Well, we've got a long-term goal or a medium-term goal. Whatever moves us faster towards that goal. If something is taking us away from that, what well, uh, near AR would say distraction versus traction. Yeah, And so we want to focus on the things that give us traction towards our goals and make them as easy as possible.
1: Yeah, and you can even automate ways to think about those things that are taking you away from your financial goals. So if it's a quarterly reminder in your calendar to review your automated bills and see if you can find a better rate or to review your super or something like that you've actually got those you can use automation to help in those situations where something might it might like you've got to pay the bill but there might be a better rate so you can automate a process to actually look for better deals yep
0: cool all right let's get into these Um, automation tips and tricks. So the first one is budget like a boss. Um, Budgeting sounds like a really obvious target for automation because it's something that not a lot of people want to do. How could you do it differently rather than spending time in a spreadsheet?
1: Yeah, I know some people really like the, the process of downloading their transaction history for the month and maybe highlighting, putting it into categories, really getting to the bottom of where they've been spending and does that align with their goals. But that does take a lot of time. And in our time poor world, there's a lot of solutions now, whether um, some of the big banks and some of the the newer banks are actually introducing features that automatically at any time tell you where you've spent money this month and categorize it for you. Maybe you have to spend a couple of minutes Mm. recategorizing some options because that purchase at Woolies was not in fact groceries, it was socks. But um, yeah, so sometimes you've got to go through that, but there's a lot of tools like PocketSmith, Frollo, Pocketbook that you can use to help make budgeting a lot easier. Are they free or- yeah, a lot of them are free or they've got pre- freemium versions. So there are some costs um, yeah. if you want the extra features. Um, but that really gives you a good indication at any time during the month. And that is probably one of the downsides of only looking at your budget and your are spending once a month is you don't really know if you're on track and you're staying within your budget that month. So if you have an app, like a specific budgeting app or a bank account app that does this already, you can know at any point in time in the month have you spent more or less than you're hoping to that month? And um, do you need to reduce spending in certain areas or have you got a bit more to spend on things you really want to spend that month?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So, Um, we've actually covered a lot of the budgeting and psychology of money in our road trip that's available on RASC education. It's like a, it's actually like a six part course, right? Rolled into one big course, which we call the road trip. And as part of that, there's a free download there too. So if you're watching this at at home or you're listening to this on the road, um, just know that this is a free resource that's available as part of our newest courses on RASC education. Um, So you can escape kind of the the, the spreadsheet rat race, if you like, by going to one of these apps, Pocketsmith, Frollo, or Pocketbook. Um, you can still do the old school stuff. Like I like mm. a spreadsheet. I like to see where my money's going and um, actually plot it out. And I love the, the formulas that come with the spreadsheet. Um, maybe that's just the analyst in me, Kate. So the second thing is save without lifting a finger. Um, wouldn't that be nice Yeah. to just be able to just save money without overthinking things. Um, I feel like this is related to budgeting like a boss, right?
1: Yeah, I think you sort of, the budgeting part comes first. So you actually know you've got some money left each month to save, but it's once you work out those saving goals, say I often talk about saving for Christmas because that's something I do each year and I think about it like a year out. So I'm like, okay, this year I want like say $500 for Christmas presents. Whatever the amount is, and I break that down over 12 months and I already set up that automation. As soon as Christmas mm. is over one year, I set it up in the background for the next year. So every month when I get paid, X amount of dollars is automatically transferred from my account where this my salary comes into and automatically transfers into my Christmas 2022 account. And so I don't need to think about that. And this happens all year. I don't have to make a decision each month. Oh, am I going to put some money aside for this? Do I need to make that manual transfer? Oh, I forgot last month. Does that mean I need to transfer two months across? This happens automatically in the background. And then when I get to November, December, I've got that money already put aside. And you can apply that framework to any goal, whether it's for a house deposit or you're saving up for a holiday. It's that working out what the end state is. What does that look like each month? Do you need to find some extra income to achieve that goal or do you need to free up some extra money along the way? And setting that up so it happens in the background so you don't have to make that conscious decision every month. Am I going to save this month? It already has been made for you. Yep,
0: I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast regularly like that strategy of particularly that Christmas fund. Mm. We're speaking to Sally, a designer the other day, and she was saying that She's she's basically doing the same thing. Now you put that money away, you know what you're saving. Where is this tiny bit of money maybe every week or every month? Where is that going for a longer-term benefit? And I just think it makes sense. Once you've set it up, it's often racing.
1: Yeah, and you can automate as many different things as as you want, really. I mean, I have been using UpBank for this. Um, No sponsor or affiliation, but it automatically splits my paycheck when it hits the bank account each month. I don't even have to worry about it. It automatically splits it into different savings accounts. And so I can stay on track that I'm putting money aside for rent and putting money aside for education, all the different uh, things I spend money on, and it automatically happens without me having to think about it, which is great. And then if I want to make some adjustments when I do a a quarterly review of my finances, I can just change those percentages because maybe the goal isn't to save up for a holiday anymore, it's to save up for um, a particular course I wanna do. And so I can adjust this uh, on a regular basis, depending on what my goals are, without having to stop that habit of every month I'm gonna be saving.
0: Yep, that makes sense. Um, so learning on the go is what you phrased this next one. Um, I'm a huge fan of this and for many years spent a morning or uh, an hour every morning or even two hours every morning, going to a cafe um, before work and reading. And it wouldn't just be, you know, like fiction or something like that. It would be actually like trying to learn something new, like towards an end goal. Um, I think this is really important too. Like you said, building on top of other habits. And then after you know, six weeks, after six months, that habit forms its own pattern and that's part of your routine. How do you learn on the go and how do you form those habits?
1: Yeah, so I think of it in terms of things I'm already doing, like getting the train to the city for work Mm -hmm. or going for long walks on the weekend, sometimes by myself. It's those times where I'll actually go, okay, I'm going to listen to an audio book or a podcast that's going to help me learn more about this particular topic. Um, I mean, at the beginning, I did listen to a lot of personal finance podcasts and investing podcasts. Podcasts and videos and you can do that all on the go. Like a lot of these don't have any visuals that you necessarily need. Like this one. Um and you can always take notes. So I often, um, even when I'm listening to nonfiction audiobooks or podcasts, I'll have my mm-hmm. notes app open um and just have a new note. And sometimes I'll just um dictate some if I have any key takeaways from that podcast. And so I don't need to um start um typing on the go. I just sort of um I've got my AirPods in and I'm just taking notes. Um, as I go. Yep. So, it's a good way to um, remember some of the things you've learned and have takeaways, but actually keep moving at the same time and you get exercise as well. So, it's tying um, the habit of learning, um, in particular about your personal finances and investing and increasing your knowledge and confidence here, but to something you already do. So, if you're driving every weekend to see your parents or your um, if you walk your dog every day? Can you tie that task to something to do with learning about your finances and building that confidence?
0: Yeah. yeah, I love that. I used to have to drive twice a week for a long trip to footy and every week I'd listen to the same like podcast or something like that and I just got in the routine of listening to those. At the time it was the Animal Spirits podcast, mm-hmm. which is one in the United States on like financial markets or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe what we could do here is just give listeners two things that, would be really interesting, like two just two episodes um, to to leave with listeners if you do want to go away and learn something different. My one actually is from an investing podcast, but it's not about investing at all. It's um, the Invest Like the Best podcast. That's the one with Patrick O'Shaughnessy from the United States as well. But it's an episode with a guy called Eric Maddox. And in that episode, he he was a Chinese Mandarin linguist that worked for the special forces, um, the, the American special forces, But he was one of the people that totally overhauled all of the interrogation techniques in the Middle East. So when it changed from, you know, really brutal, like totally unjust types of interrogation, he was the one or one of them that led the the new wave of interrogating people. And what I got from that episode was um, it's just like, he talks about the different levels of listening and how you can persuade people only once you get to a certain level of listening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a skill to learn, that's like foundational. So I love that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I have gotten into the habit of actually just listening to one particular podcast for months on end, um, one particular like podcast channel, because it's that overwhelm when you come to your podcast app mm. or any other source of media of trying to decide, okay, well, what do I actually listen to? So I find that if you pick one and you go, okay, for the next three months, I'm just going to listen to episodes from this podcast and then I'll switch it to another one. After yeah, right. that, it's a lot It takes away that decision making. So when I go for my walk, I'm not going, okay, I've got, I'm subscribed to a hundred different podcasts. Where do I even start? So it can be a good way to really get to know one particular person and their guests and the way they do things and then obviously mixing it up um, by moving around. But I really like, um, I've probably mentioned before, but um, while I've been going on long runs is listening to episodes of the Tim Ferriss podcast because mm. they're over an hour generally, sometimes yep. two or three hours. Um, and there's a really interesting one with General Stanley McChrystal, which is on risk, and it's really different perspective. Um, he's uh, from the American military, and he talks about risk in a lot of different frameworks. And so I think when we're investing, it gives a good perspective on I love Thinking that about the way you look at risk. And I bought his book. I haven't read it yet, but I'll, I'll let listeners know if it's uh, good once they get yeah, to it.
0: I love that. He, um, Tim Ferriss also recently interviewed Morgan Housel, who we've had on the show, and he interviewed Mark Zuckerberg, which is one that I listened to recently, the founder of Facebook. Fantastic conversation about things that aren't really related to Facebook. So. Yeah,
1: and because it goes for a longer time than most podcasts, because he has the kind of the clout to go for two or three hours, the conversations go a lot they're a lot wider yeah. reaching and they took a lot about different topics that you wouldn't get to on any other podcast just because they have the time to really get in depth into one particular person's way of seeing the world.
0: Mm, fa- fascinating. Okay. So we've got uh, basically two more things here to go, Kate, in this automation episode. So investing for your future. Um, again, we'll come back to investing is a positive thing. So investing is long-term focused Um, And we want to remove as much friction here as we can. So I guess why automate investing? How do we do it?
1: Yeah. So wanting to take advantage of compound interest by investing on a regular basis uh, for a longer period of time. So instead of thinking you have to make the decision on when you invest everything right now and you can't change it, you can actually just split this into a monthly thing. So every month you invest a small amount of money and you just make this a regular habit. And you can automate this by... Whether it's a broker that can automatically invest for you, depending on what you've set up, um, whether it's a robo-advisor, whether it's micro-investing, whether it's just having an automated transfer of money to a particular savings account that's linked to a brokerage account, and then having a calendar reminder every couple of months to invest that money. Um, As much as you can take that friction away from it, then having to make that decision every month of, okay, am I investing this month? What am I going to invest in? try and take away that friction as much as possible because when times are scary and the market's volatile and then you're suddenly second-guessing yourself and going, okay, do I actually want to invest this month? What should I do? You don't want to be thinking about that every single month.
0: No, you don't. And I think the more you can automate this part of it, Mm. the better because we know that there are so many powerful behavioral biases against us when it comes to investing. Uh, Not so much like saving. There are some there, but they're different. So, The more you can automate here in investing, the better, I think.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to be looking at a brokerage account every day.
0: Yeah, that's a question we get a lot. How often do you look at your brokerage account? I would say if I wasn't a professional investor, I wouldn't look at it every month. Like it would just literally be like for some of my investments, it might be login, check announcements if there's one there. If not, then just make an investment and move on. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. And you don't need to, like I would encourage people, if you are in that camp, there are other tools that you can use where you can check company announcements. You can check the latest news on the stock market without logging into your brokerage account. Just yeah, I think you were that.
1: mentioning there was a research tool the other day you were looking at where you can actually turn off the price of the share yeah, and you so can look at ticker, all
0: the T A K R. But that's like for more diehard investors. If you're looking in Australia, just look at um, Market Index, which gives you like ASX announcements um, as well as some data. And then even like the Motley Fool gets a bad rap. It's my old haunt, but um, even just the Motley full for news and updates, you can access it there without getting one of their paid subscriptions. It's all yeah. free. So, the, the last one is probably, Kate, I would say for most people that want to be hands off with their money um, and are just thinking, okay, and this is probably for people too that are like 40 years old plus and thinking, I don't really care too much about building a big portfolio outside of superannuation. I'm happy for it to be built inside super. This is really important for them. Superstars are born here is your title. Um, <laughs> what is this? Automation hack.
1: Yeah. So, firstly, um, this is less of the automation, but putting a regular reminder in your calendar, maybe two times, four times a year, to actually check in with your super, make sure your employer's actually been paying Mm. it, check what fees have been charged, check if your insurances are still appropriate to your situation if you have them, and check you're still in the right option for you. So, I think that's more of a like I don't think super should be entirely set and forget because. Um, there's been many circumstances in the past where people have found out like after three years their employer hasn't paid their super for three years because um one that The onus is on the employer, but I do think it's really important for your own financial future that you check in at least sort of quarterly or half yearly. And it's gone
0: up to 10% of your income now, so that's good. it's
1: quite a substantial amount. Okay, so that's more of the admin side of things. But secondly, you can automate money into your super um, or make it a regular habit. So, whether you can get your employer to set up a salary sacrifice arrangement for you, you could...
0: Which um, you have to normally talk to your finance department or even yeah. maybe the HRT team might have more information on that. Yeah, there'll details. be a form. Yeah.
1: Um, whether that's a pre or post tax contribution, you could set up a regular direct debit. Some super funds will allow you to set up a direct debit arrangement into the fund. Um, I sort of have myself a reminder to go in and make a BPAY payment each month. So, I can do that manually at mm-hmm. a time I choose, but I just sort of when I get paid, that's my signal to myself to make that contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not entirely automated, but I've got that habit connected to it. So, the habit of getting paid is when I make that contribution to super. Yep. So, there are ways you can automate this and put more money into your super fund, knowing that it is going to be a long-term, very, very long-term investment for, for many of our listeners who yeah, are in the their risk 20s too, 30s. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, for most people, it is locked away for quite an extended period of time. Um,
0: unless the government dips their need the poo fingers into the honeypot and says, you can use it for housing. You can use it for this. You can use it for that. Yeah. Um, it's going to be in there for life. So the MoneySpot
1: has some really good calculators to just look at the impact of $20 a week extra into your super and how much of an impact that has over uh, a 40, 50-year time horizon, which is what most of us are going to be looking at when it comes to our super. For most people too, you can get a
0: really healthy amount of insurance inside super. So instead of holding your income protection, life insurance, and TPD – Um, you can hold those insurances inside super, super pays it, you pay it out of your balance. And that's what I've done. And we talked about this in the money and budgeting course on risk education. That's what I do. So I bump up those so that that's my protection. But um, there are certain T's and C's, you should always read the PDS and insurance guide. But if you do do that, I would encourage you to also bump up your contribution. So I just make a BPAY contribution. I think it's like 20 bucks a week or something that goes in to cover the extra cost of the insurance so that my extra insurance cost isn't eating away at my, my savings.
1: Yeah. And you could even tie this habit to when you get a bonus or when you get a pay rise, that that is the moment when you review potentially adding some extra to your super or mm. to your other investments or to paying down debt or something like that.
0: Yep. Cool. Okay. So Kate, just to recap, we've got uh, budgeting like a boss, You know, setting up your budgets, using some of these apps. So, where you should start. We've got the RAS Road Trip there, which you can access on Rask Education as part of our free course. It's got downloadables and everything. It's just amazing. Um, saving without lifting a finger. I think this is important. Your Christmas fund is a really good one. Everyone benefits from that. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> learn on the go. You've mentioned the Tim Ferriss podcast. I mentioned one from Invest Like the Best. It can be anything. Tie that to another habit. You've got investing for your future. Basically, just automate this positive part of your life, whether it's just into a brokerage account or whether you use a broker that can do it for you, robo advice, whatever, even a managed fund. Finally, super. We, we all know this is important. It's a massive part of our life. And we, if we're a PAYG, an employee, we get paid regardless, so you may as well think about it. Okay. Um, so how do you, maybe just at the end of the show, um, how do you think about automation? And what are some of the things that you do that are really have been really positive for you?
1: Yeah, I think as the years have gone by and I've become more confident with my finances and how I've set everything up, it is not something I want to think about every day and i I've got lots of other things I want to learn and discover in life. So I don't want to be spending uh, every day thinking about where is my money? Where's it going? So for me, it's setting up a monthly review of my spending. It's using a bank that allows me at any time to see how much I'm spending that month and actually telling me, am I spending more or less than this time last month? So that's quite an interesting feature. It is automating as much of my investing as possible. It's not 100% automated, but, um, the bits that are really long-term that I don't really want to think about all the time are automated as much as possible and sort of more active side of investing is less automated. But I think that's, that's about right for me now. Mm -hmm. And even just um, putting money into super, it's tying those habits to getting paid every month and putting an extra contribution away there. So um, slowly, but surely, automating the good stuff. I probably am someone that needs to work a bit more on taking, adding a bit more friction to the bad stuff. Um, there's been a few too many subscriptions uh, on going on for a while now and Apple Pay has certainly meant that my spending a you, little Apple bit Pay. less intentional yep. than I would like. So that's probably something I have to bring myself to terms <laughs> with maybe turning off, um, but uh, we'll see. We yep. Won't do anything drastic just yet.
0: Okay, so you. What about uh, you? Yeah, you're a massive advocate for automation, mm. um, which is fantastic. It's worked wonders for you. Um, I used to be bigger at automation than I am now, uh, simply because my circumstances have changed. But I would say automating into a, the cash brokerage account is a really uh, easy thing to do. So what I mean by that is, like, if there's a when you have your brokerage account, if you're your linked bank account, just automating money to go in there. Like, for me, my pay over the years has been irregular, so I would do it. Like I would say if I get paid around this time, so I don't know for sure when, it would be like two days after that, it sends the money across automatically. Um, I also use automated calendar or notes reminders. Um, I don't use the voice to type or whatever that is, like the, the dictation type stuff yeah. like you do, but I, I use it every now and again. Um, since I've started investing though, and I'm just going to call out one broker in particular, we are sponsored by this pod, this broker, So, but it's just the feature that I'm talking about, um, which is Perla. They, I think the best thing about Perla, and I said this to them, is their automated investment because it just, it's super easy. You can do it with a robo-advisor as well, like yeah. six park stock spot, you know, list goes on, invest smart, all of them you can do it with as well. Um, but that I think is just really neat because in the past I would have to transfer a thousand bucks in, then hit, then log in, then press buy, Yeah. you know, and I'd have to set a reminder for myself When now it does it. Um, and my spendings are basically always automated just into two accounts. There's like the bills that aren't due this month. So that would be like bills that are like um, any time over the next year. And then uh, there's the main spending account, which is for things that are, all gonna, come, that are gonna pop up this month because you don't wanna get dishonor fees and all that sort of stuff if you're running really close to the line all the time. And finally, whenever I do anything to do with like direct debits or any type of payments, I always use my debit card the reason for that is if I ever want to cancel, I can just cut it and they all stop. Yeah. Whereas if you do direct debit, it automatically goes to the bank account and you've got to manually go in and turn it off, which is okay. It's just a little bit annoying. I prefer it all on the card. So then I know whenever my card runs out every four years, there's going to be some detoxing that happens automatically. <laughs> so it'll be like, your subscription for blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, what? yeah yeah
1: and then all your friends that are using your netflix login get a rude shot yeah
0: they're like hey man you need to pay the bill well i'll tell you what mate get your own one yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so that's mine. are yeah. more like very simple stuff yeah one thing that i'm going to incorporate more in the future i also do the super thing which you mentioned but um one thing i'm definitely going to incorporate in the future is dollar cost averaging into managed funds as well i haven't done that like i haven't set up a recurring payment So I want to do that as well.
1: Yeah, I just think we make so many decisions on a regular basis that if we can reduce some of the friction on the stuff that's actually going to help us in the future, we should. Like we don't need to think about what we invest in today or if we save money this month. We should just make those decisions that are right for us and let them go until we need to review them. Mm. And that takes a lot less um, stress than having to think every month, am I going to invest this month? What am I going to invest in? What day should I invest on?
0: Mm. I agree. Kate, we talked a lot about automation. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch, they can jump into the Facebook community, the Rask Australia Facebook community, share your automation tips there. We will call them out um, in any of the episodes that come up in the future because we are big fans of this. So please give us your ideas. I know there are so many of them out there um, that we haven't even clued onto yet. So please share them with us. Maybe we can do a roundup at the end of the year. Um, and as always, people can get in touch with us by emailing us, podcast at ras.com.au and find us on all the socials.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses.
0: You can also join our online community by following the link in the description.